This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get the home field advantage with healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. I am Amy Wells. This is the OTP. Mike Keith is not here, as you've probably noticed, because I'm doing the open. But we have assembled a very fun group for today's show. I figured that it was time to tell the Titans radio story beyond just Mike Keith and myself taking all the credit for everything that goes on. We wanted to get the whole group together, really take everyone behind the scenes of what we went through and all of the different things that we were working with in the 2020 season. So I'm joined by Dave McGinnis, of course, Titans radio's color commentator, and also just fun guy to have around, Coach Mack. Hi, Amy Wells. Hi, Coach Mack. Rhett Bryan is also here, the executive producer of Titans Radio, another fun human being who keeps us laughing at all times. And Brad Willis is here, our game day producer, technical guru, and he's the one that really keeps us all sane. So we're all here together to talk about that 2020 season. I'm so excited to have you guys here. And I want to kind of take it back a little bit, all the way back to the 2020 draft where you guys were calling all of your draft coverage from Jonathan Hutton's garage. Looking back on it, it seems kind of like an omen of what was to come in the 2020 season. But at the time, it was just what you had to do, right? Brad Willis, why don't you start us off and kind of take us through that story a little bit and why you ended up in Jonathan Hutton's garage for the draft. Yeah, and it's quite the departure from the previous year where the draft is in downtown Nashville and we're on the General Jackson with thousands of people. But when the pandemic hit and everything started to shut down, uh, one of the rules that uh, radio had in place over at the, uh, the, the flagship facility was is that they were only letting in essential personnel and they weren't really uh, letting in large groups of people. And so the initial conversation was is that we might have Mike and Coach Mack in the studio, and then we might have Philip Noel in a different studio, and then you might have me on Zoom from home and Jonathan Hutton from somewhere else. And so we started talking, and we actually had a Zoom conversation one like random Tuesday night. So how do we pull this off? And we talked through different ideas, and we got kind of off the got off the call. And Phil Noel called me, and he said, well, "Could we just use like our game day rig?" And I said, yeah, we could use our game day rig. And, um, you know, frankly, I think it's probably better that we do use that. And he says, well, then we just we could be anywhere as long, so long as we have a good Internet connection. And so kind of from that, you know, the idea was born and we go into a situation where, you know, we've gone from previous years past doing this in, in the in the club and doing this at, uh, uh, at the General Jackson to literally having six people gathered around tables that were set up in a horseshoe style in Jonathan Hutton's garage with uh, the feed from NFL Network and, and basically calling the NFL draft uh, in a drafty garage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been in, uh, that was my 34th NFL draft. I've been, I've been in, uh, you know, some real uh, elaborate draft rooms. When we went to LA, we were at LA Live, you know, which is where they have everything uh, from Beyonce to the Rams first draft in LA. We were on the General Jackson. You have 300,000 plus people. But let me just say this, I had as much fun in that garage 
and was as productive a draft as we had ever had. The thing that I really enjoyed about it, and of course, you know, look, I just get on there, they give me a microphone and I talk about ball. I talk about what's going on. But the technology that it took to hook it up, the, the most fun I had was watching Brad Willis and Rhett and Philip Noel and Jonathan Hutton set it up technically because there were so many monitors that we had to, they had to double feed. And then, you know, of course, you know, Brad's up there doing the dials like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain and, you know, trying to make sure everything get, and then all of a sudden he'd say, hey, Hutton, have you got so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, you know, the, the, the yellow double prong, you know, quadruple flip and Hutton went, yeah, just a minute. And so he'd go upstairs, <laughs> everything that Brad Willis asked for, I think Jonathan Hutton has got a Best Buy in his house because everything that he asked for technically, Jonathan Hutton brought down to him. The, the ability to put that together technology-wise was awesome. And then the draft itself may have been one of our best ones. And Amy, to, to kind of put context into the story, it isn't a ton different from what we would do in terms of how we would use our equipment in a regular normal year. For everybody listening to the OTP, you've probably been to the Titans draft party at Nissan Stadium, and that required us. We get all of our gear out of the Titans radio booth take it underneath the concourse and take it around to the West club section. And we'd set it up. If you've been to the draft party, you've seen us doing that up in the West club. Well, it, it in this case was just to make sure we had a good secure connection as he, as Brad was saying, you know, that Phil had brought up the point and just carrying the equipment 30 miles from the stadium in this thing. So it wasn't different in the way we would, would get it together uh, to do it. It was just making sure it was a just completely random, different location and making sure we had connectivity for the whole thing to be able to pull it off. So we'd been used to lugging you know, st equipment around the other side of the stadium. We just took it to about 30 miles south of there this time. Amy, let me just say this too, and we'll get off of the draft in the garage. The fact that we have all been together and have done this you know, for quite a while, have done several drafts, you know, all the drafts together. And of course, the, the Titans radio crew has been together for 20 years. And so it, it, that, that the teamwork of the Titans radio crew, as I'm sure we'll talk about in this OTP, that's what makes everything work, no matter what obstacles are put in front of it. And that's the beauty of it. Right. And this is a bigger group than just the people here right now. Jonathan Hutton, Philip Noel, both also play huge parts as game day host and our kind of on-site producer, respectively. Having had that experience and needing to adjust on the fly and do things in such an unconventional fashion, in a weird way that had to prepare you for the 2020 season, when you kind of started to realize what this was going to look like and what kind of restrictions we were going to have to be dealing with from stadium to stadium, correct, Brad? It really did. I mean, you know, when you're when you're doing the the draft in a garage, um, and and and. Part of the reason that we did it the way we did it was we set up the room where everybody had ample space. I mean, that was one of the things that we were concerned about, not just from a standpoint of, of health and safety, but also perception, because we wanted to make sure that, you know, the, the, the bosses at radio understood that we were taking it seriously, that people listening understood that we were taking it seriously. And so when you go into and you kind of come out of, you know, three, two or three days of, of draft broadcasts you've almost got a little bit of a blueprint as to how you might do it. And we knew going in, you know, for example, at Nissan Stadium, we, our booth got moved two doors down because they expanded the, the home coach's booth into the home radio booth. 
And we knew just from that alone that we were going to be dealing with some changes on the road. And anytime you walk into a stadium, you know, 24 hours before a game, the hope is that you just get a hold of the right people and they can put you in the right place because once you get to game day, things move really, really fast. And, you know, when we started talking about how a lot of people were approaching the season for 2020, a lot of them weren't traveling. A lot of them were getting video feeds back to their home stadium and they were kind of calling it off a of TV. And really that never really entered our minds except in a worst case scenario, because, you know, it's, I tell people all the time, like back in January of 2004, when the Titans are playing the Patriots in Foxborough on a Saturday night and it's four degrees at kickoff, we're the people with the windows open, you know, like at two o'clock in the afternoon, freezing our butts off. And the reason that we did that and the reason that we do that is because we want to be able to, you know, bring that atmosphere to a listener uh, in, in, you know, the most authentic way possible. So that was really the approach this year with, you know, with everything that was going on, we still wanted to be able to do that, but we knew going in that we were probably going to have to uh, react and adjust on the fly. And we had to a handful of times. Now, from a technical standpoint, what was the hardest thing to maneuver? What was the biggest shift that you saw this year? The industry standard changed a few years ago uh, in the sense of we went from, from hardwired phone lines to more of an IP connectivity. And the great thing about that is if you ever end up in a real pinch, you could almost go on the air over Wi-Fi if you had to. So there is some level of, of, of uh, relief knowing that in a worst case scenario, you've probably got a plan. When we went to London uh, in 2018, we had eight redundancy plans and that's not an over-exaggeration. And we got to the fourth one. Like it took us all the way down to number four to get on the air. So the, the, the trick is just going in prepared that, that if there are problems, if there are connectivity issues, if you can't get internet in your booth, if you go to Houston, for example, and you end up on the other side of the stadium in a party suite on the eighth level, just just have everything packed in there. And, and Rhett can probably speak to this because he did so much of the legwork beforehand because making contacts in the days leading up to that trip and walking into a building and knowing there's going to be someone standing there who can kind of help you really was more valuable this year than it ever has been before. Rad's right about that, Amy, because and he used the best example there at the end of the season in Houston. I mean, yes, we were on the opposite side of the field. Yes, we were still eight stories up, but we, we had a great setup. It was a party suite that held probably 100 people. They Even the, the Texans folks were so kind and having us a, a buffet right there. We had restrooms right there. It was one of the better setups I've ever seen on the road, even in a regular normal year. Um, so what I did as you know, we would have Zoom meetings to try to determine redundancy plans, those things, and just trying to think of every, turn over every rock we can think of to think, you know, like, this could be, this could happen. What do we do? And so, you know, I'll speak highly of Mike Keith if he was here, and I'll do it right now because he's not here. He played travel agent for us to make sure that we got to these games and was huge. So what I would do is I basically formulated about an eight to 10 question questionnaire that I would use from road game to road game. And I'd reach out a couple of weeks in advance to their public relations staff. And they would get me, thank goodness, in touch with uh, the right person. And I would ask about how many can people can be in the booth? Can we come set up the day before the, the game? Has the booth moved? Are we in a different one than you know ones we normally 
have been used to because we've a lot of us have traveled so many years on the road. And then when I get a green light on all those questions, I go, all right, Mike, we can book that trip. Let's go. And, you know, we would just take it game by game on that. And uh, but there were excellent instances where they had a point of contact person that would say, man, you guys are the first radio team we've seen travel all year. We heard that a lot, but they really took care of us. And I couldn't say enough good things about all the visiting, all the uh, the road teams that we traveled and their their staffs in taking care of us. Now, Rhett, you have an interesting role because not only were you helping with some of the scouting of all of our different locations, but you're also putting together a show. And so not only from a technical logistics standpoint were there a lot of changes, but there were also changes in the way that we were able to interact with the team just on a day-to-day basis. How much did it impact you putting a show together when we weren't really able to talk with the players and the coaches in ways that we normally would. It's the old adage about making lemonade out of your lemons. I mean, this is really what that was. Um, You know, I'm used to going over after practice during the regular season and going in the open locker room availability and getting all the audio I need and, and probably not even use a good chunk of it for a feature, for whatever. And to have that paired down to Zoom availabilities, it's challenging. Now, uh, I'll let this secret out of the bag for anybody that listens to Titans Radio repeatedly. Thanks to you and Mike with the stuff that you would do, uh, not only for OTP, but for um, you know all of your extra programming that you guys do. You were kind to lend us some of those great one-on-one interviews so that we had some things to talk about. And then I would just you know put together historical features and pieces and just get whatever I could, wherever I could. That part of it was challenging. Um, I really felt somewhat isolated in the fact that, you know, Brad mentioned it a minute ago, you know, our building where Titans radio is housed, there's only essential personnel still here right now. There's about five or six people here. That's it. So I knew it was up to me to get it to the game site before everybody can do their jobs. And so, you know, I had some long days, but I also didn't have the interruptions that I normally would when there's a hundred people working in this building. So it had its pluses and minuses in this thing. And plus navigating, you know, the Mike Vrabel show on Zoom, uh, Titans Tonight with you and Mike and Keith Bullock on Zoom. There was a lot of things were different and some of it made a little more difficult, but some of it was a little easier because of uh, the way things work. Uh, It was interesting to say the very least. Now, Coach Mack, you say that you just show up and talk ball, and that's mostly true, but not entirely true, because there is some prep work that goes into calling a football game. And your routine was thrown off a little bit as well, mainly because of the restrictions around St. Thomas Sports Park. How weird was it for you to be calling a game and talking about players that you may not have even met before? You know, it was it was it was different. But the the, again, full disclosure, I was very fortunate because you and I and Mike Keith get to go to practice every day. And even though we had to be socially distanced and have, you know, have our have our temperature checked and stay and stay away, we were still able to get and, and see in person and, and still be able to talk from a distance, you know, w- w- with people. And, you know, as well as I know those coaches and, and, and those players, but it, it made a difference. I tell you what, it, what what happened, though, is once we all realized that this is what we were going to do, everybody got in lockstep. And I never really ever heard one word of bitching about, hey, this is really different. This is really hard. Hey, how are we going to make this 
the best we can make it because there I found out when I came here and did this five years ago, look, I'm used to things being pretty organized. I was an NFL coach for 31 years and, and, and for things to be on point, this group has a lot of fun, but this group is also very professional and very particular about what type of product we have. And so the, the type of product that Titans radio was going to put out uh, regardless of any of our challenges was never in question. That was never in question. And we all agreed with that, you know, right from the jump. And so, you know, no matter what, and Rhett's right, Mike Keith had to be the travel agent. He had to, he had to be the driver. He had to get the rental car. He had to get the hotels. I mean, and there's so many great stories to that. I'm going to write a book and that's this, this is going to be Titans radio on the road during a pandemic is two chapters of it. You all will be in there. Some of you won't like the stories that I will tell because it's all going to be true, but the, the part about it that's important to know is the product for Titans Radio is so important, you know, not only to us as Titans Radio, but to the Tennessee Titans. We were only one of two teams to travel all year, only one of two teams. And Amy Adams Strunk and the Tennessee Titans, they knew how important it was and how important it is, uh, you know, for Titans Radio listeners and our fans that we be there and, and continue to do the, the excellent job that Titans Radio has established over the 20 plus years that, that it's been going on. That's what I really enjoyed about it. Now, some of the stories about getting to there, when we get to those parts of this OTP, I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we decided that we were going to be traveling and we were actually going to try to go to road games as many as we could, we were very intentional, I remember, about saying we're going to take this one week at a time. We are focused at this week, this challenge. I don't know what's going to happen for the next road game, whenever that is. And every single game where we went on the road, it felt like we encountered some sort of <laughs> hilarious obstacle that we needed to overcome. Sometimes it was travel related and sometimes it was staffing related. We had a couple instances where we couldn't have our full crew in the booth on game day, we had people zooming in for a variety of different reasons. What was that experience like? And Brad, I'll start with you, but everyone can kind of speak to it. What was that experience like being on Zoom, having people working remotely and still trying to keep our product exactly the same? Yeah, it was, that's, it's really interesting because you mentioned there were a lot of reasons that we had to do it that way. You know, sometimes we had... Uh, an issue at radio and Rhett would have to kind of leave the booth and go work in the building for a game day. Uh, some weeks we had problems where they just wouldn't simply allow, you know, a certain number of people in the booth um, in, in, a, in a given city. Uh, I believe Denver had a, had a cap, you know, in game one of the year. And so uh, it did, it, it really kind of tested our creativity uh, in a way to do the broadcast the way we do it, because a lot of people don't know this, but, but the way we do Titans radio is very self-contained in the sense that we run all the commercials out of the booth. We have all the content out of the booth. And so uh, one of the things that that makes you is very independent of, you know, another studio or anything like that. But it means when you change, you know, the structure of how it works, you know, somebody else is going to have to shift and do someone else's job. Um, and, and at some point, you know, pretty much all of us did something out of the scope of our normal game day. I mean, I told somebody this the other day, outside of play-by-play of -play and color analyst roles, I did every job in the booth for at least one game this season. And, and, you know, people did my job because it was just, it was one of these 
it really came down to a great example of why our crew is built the way they're built because uh, we've, we've all kind of had different touch points of different roles in that booth. I mean, Rhett has been the game day host. Rhett has been the spotter. You know, I've been the engineer. I've been the spotter. Uh, you know, I've filled in as game day host. But, you know, at some point this year, we got called on to do something above and beyond what our job was. And because we're built the way that we're built, we were able to do it and really do it and not kind of fall on our face. And so, yeah, that was that was a big goal for us this year. Um, you know, when you go into game one in Denver and you're down and you have you have Hutton, who is back at the studio. Well, we felt like it would be better for us if we could see Jonathan Hutton. And so he's on a Zoom uh, meeting for the entire broadcast. And we're, you know, Philip Noel and I are able to maintain eye contact with him and send him hand cues and all of those kinds of things. And so technology really went along. I laugh because I think about what my grandparents, if they were still alive, what they would say is like, I'm hopping on a Zoom or whatever. They, they wouldn't even know what to think about that. But the technology really allowed us to be able to do what we needed to do, even if we didn't have all six or seven of us in the same place, which was awesome. And to that same point, we had to rethink the way that we did Coach Mike Vrabel's availability in, in post game on Titans Radio. Because normally we have equipment that I, we would go downstairs and hook up so he could get a headset on and hear us, hear Mike and, and Coach Mack or whatever, and back and forth. So that had to be on Zoom. Uh, and, and your your job in this, Amy, I mean, I had to make sure, and of course, the, the, the Titans made sure that you were on the required or, you know, essential list so that you could be in the operational zone or what we call the moat all year so that you could actually report from the sidelines or just above the sidelines into, into the stands. My biggest fear out of all the, the, the things that we were trying to overcome in this uh, is that we were going to be operating from a different booth and was that booth going to hamper what we were able to do? And I'll give you a prime example. You'll remember this, Amy. When we were on the road, playing the Baltimore Ravens. And that was a game where Brad was not able to go. And uh, I would never got a, a sense of where this booth was, only that I got a diagram of it's two doors down from where we normally were. And they'd taken over stats in the booth where we used to be, which was much more spacious. But I never got a picture from anybody about this. So Philip Noel and Jonathan Hutton and I get there to set up equipment the night before the game. And it's a problem because there's this concrete platform with three steps that goes up to another level. Well, we have this giant road case where the soundboard, a lot of the mics and processors and all those things are. And so Philip Noel had, he had to engineer this thing from out in the hallway. It would not fit in there with the, the rest of our broadcast crew. And luckily we didn't run into too many of those on the road. That was one that it bothered me. Cause I was like, man, I wanted to make sure I got clarity on what the space was. And, and all the other times it worked out, it was either in the same space we were normal to, or it was bigger than what we had worked in before. Mac, what about for you calling without having Rhett there to be a spotter? Yeah, that, that, it was different. And as, and, and both of these guys have said it, and, 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 you know, I, I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. This is a great team. It's a great team because first of all, everybody really is good at what they do. And the other part is everybody wants everybody else to be really good at what they do. I mean, it is really a great team effort. And plus, we enjoy being around each other. And we had to this year because we basically lived with each other, you know, for, for eight weeks on the road. And sometimes we'd have to spend the night. But for me, for me, you know, I prepare for a broadcast 
just like I prepared a game plan when I was coaching. I mean, I will watch, I will watch endless amount of tape. I will get, I will get to know schemes I, because that's what I bring to the broadcast. And so I, you know, I spent, so that part of it, you know, was, was not different, but, but, you know, then Jonathan and I and Rhett, we put together the pregame program and, you know, the, the questions that will be pertinent and, and we want to be, you know, not just the general questions, but the really under the two layers of what's going to go on in the ball game. Those types of things were important, but being able, being able, to go to practice and still being able to watch opponents' films before I was going in, Amy. I mean that—that's what I do. That's what I do in, in that in my in my preparation of it. And the other part is is just being flexible enough. When we first started this, you know, I, 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 Gil Beverly he called me and said, "Look, we're, I don't think we're we're not going to be able to be on the team charter." And uh, I know you've been on team charters for 34 years. Do you have an issue traveling? Uh, you know, if we have to travel commercial. And I said, absolutely not. I said, I would love to do that. And, and that to me, I mean, we were all willing to do whatever we all had to do to make the product the best, and not only make, not make it the best it could be, make it like it's always been, an excellent, excellent product. And that's what I was really proud of. But as far as preparation, we all prepared and everybody put things together just the same. Now, you know, it had, it entailed a lot of different things when we got there because there were different challenges we went to denver there's a different there's a challenge getting in the stadium i mean let's just let's just <laughs> talk about that right from the jump i mean that was that was that was that was the first their first shot it was a second monday night game if you'll remember we had to stay the night afterwards we stayed the night afterwards i was mike vrabel for the mike vrabel tv show we take we, we we recorded that they're in the stadium and then we went to the Denver airport at three in the morning and slept there until 7.30 until our flight left. So that was how we started it, started it off. But when we got to the stadium, that was their first time at it. They had no clue how things were going to work. Remember, they, they had that Hogwarts hologram that you had to try to get on your phone to, to be able to get in. And you couldn't do it. And, and plus, there was no Wi-Fi set up outside. And, and I mean, it was Mike Keith's the only one that finally worked and got his, his to work. Nobody else could. They had to bring somebody down from the top with the walkie-talkies and all of that. And then, and then they were taking – we had the NFL officials were there trying to get in. They couldn't get in. They had the handheld thermometer. And the first thing they did, stick that thermometer on Mike Key's head and go, 103.3. Well, we knew it was a rough day from then. Okay. That, so, I mean, we were just going with the flow and making it work. Man, we were definitely making it work. And you know who else makes it work? The people at Farm Bureau Health yeah. Plans. Look to the folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans when you need someone who understands the X's and O's of healthcare coverage. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. We have to talk about the travel experience a little bit because <laughs> I have never laughed so hard while traveling just every single week. There was something hilarious that happened planes, trains, and automobiles, it took us to get to some of these places. And it was always pure comedy, just all of us piling into some sort of weird van that Mike Keith was driving, trying to get to a strange destination. We had to find food, we had to feed ourselves, which when you're on the team plane, you don't really think about food because it's just around. Now we had to find a way to feed ourselves like adults and that was strange. What are some of the stories that come to your guys' mind when you're thinking about our travel experiences? Let me go first, I already did. Denver was the best. Denver was the best because and they, they had no idea what they were doing. You know, finally the lady, the lady just said, go on. 
go on. And we, and, and we got in there and then the lady that was doing the temperature started screaming out everybody's temperature. And, and the, the lady with the walkie talkie told her, no, you can't say that. She thought she said, say it louder. So she screamed it louder. <laughs> it was one of the best I've ever. And then Amy, you, you and I, we got on that freight elevator because we had no idea where we were going. There was a worker there at the stadium that got on with us. He said, where are you going? Three. And he said, good. Shut that huge door. He went up. First stop, he got off. We said, is this three? He said, no, and just left. So we had <laughs> where we were, where we were going, anything that was going on. My next favorite was when we went to Green Bay and Mike Keith displayed his Arctic driving skills, which was absolutely outstanding. It was snowing. It was slick. And I mean, he was he was masterful, turned into the spin, did everything right. And then I looked over down there and, you know, you're in a cold place when the rent car has a gear that says snow on it. I said, how about we try this? Let's put this on a minute. We had so much. I mean, there were so many things that went on that we did. But you are 100 percent right about one thing, Amy. Everybody in this group enjoys being around each other so much we we made it work because some of those nights we'd had to spend the night those were four o'clock wake-ups the next morning you know to go catch a flight because everybody had to get back and and because everybody has jobs that are time sensitive uh you know on a monday to get back but it was all worth it but some of the the stories that we went through i mean it was absolutely great i wanted to go first go somebody else <laughs> all right i'll pick up because in houston we, we, we fly into Hobby on Southwest and we go to pick up, we go to pick up our rental car that Mike Keith has booked. But when Mike Keith, um, when Mike Keith goes in to pick up the rental car, they had booked him at, at Bush Airport instead of Hobby. <laughs> and so there was a problem getting the, the rental car right off the bat. So, uh, you know, a 40 minute delay ensues while they try to figure out if they can give him a van. We finally pile into this van and we're heading to downtown to go check into our hotel. And Mike Keith gets a phone call that one of the workers at the Enterprise uh, there had uh, had left his cell phone in the van and wanted us to bring it back to him. <laughs> and so, you know, there were those kinds of stories. And then, you know, as Coach Mack mentioned, there are the kinds of stories where you kind of entertain yourself. And so we go into Denver um, and one of the security guards that we met was really, really nice. And she points us toward the locker room. We go get our equipment. And on the way back uh, to, to, to take the equipment upstairs, uh, security guard says, um, uh, oh, I forgot to take your, your temperature. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. And so we, we take our temperature and we look around and we realize that Philip Noel is still in the locker room. We don't really know why, but he's going to come by in a few seconds. And so I say to the security guard, I said, hey, when our guy comes by, tell him he's got like 102 fever. And uh, let's just see what happens. And so we walk on and here comes Phil. What we didn't know at the time was that Phil had, had, had nicely asked the equipment staff for some, for some cool um, uh, new era face masks and had gotten them for the entire crew. But when he comes by the security guards, takes his temperature and we see him from about 50 feet away. And she says, I'm sorry, sir, you have a fever. And Phil's first response is to take off his hat and rub his forehead. Like that's going to change anything. And so, so we goofed on him for a pretty good bit of the rest of the trip, but uh, you know, sometimes you just have to have fun and uh, you know, make, make the, make light of a kind of an, a, a, an awkward situation. You know, there are so those are great examples of, of how fun it was in an awkward time. And I think what I enjoyed as much as anything was just 
the places that we found to eat and the meals that we shared together. And in, in Houston, uh, what was the name of the place, Coach Mack? Nainfoots. Yeah, Mama Nainfoots. And that's some of the best Tex-Mex food I've ever had, period. Uh, the seafood that we had uh, in our hotel after the game of the Baltimore game, I guess it was. Moe's. Moe's. Uh, we, had, we had some really good food uh, in some spots. And then there was some places where uh, we didn't have fine dining. And, you know, that was the games we chose to drive uh, if it's in short proximity. We did that on the Indianapolis trip and on the Cincinnati trip. And so that resulted in hopping off the interstate and going to McDonald's. Well, <laughs> McDonald's, uh, I can't remember which trip it was. but Indy. Yeah, it was Indy. Uh, Mike Keith had ordered a uh, four- or six-piece chicken McNugget meal. Uh, and he wanted that. And, uh, and I think he maybe have gotten a shake or something. And weight in his hand, it felt like there was however many appropriate nuggets were supposed to be in there. When he opens the lid, when we get into rental car, it's full of pickles. Uh, nothing but pickles. No, no chicken McNuggets of any kind. Um, he was puzzled, as we all were, is that somebody had ordered extra pickles, I guess, in a similar order close to the number of his. And he got that instead of his chicken nuggets. So he just sipped on his uh, milkshake, McFlurry, whatever it was, for the rest of the way. And we had a big laugh about that one. In, in a misplaced order. The best part about that story is Mike Keith made the mistake of telling John Robinson that tale. And to That's this correct. day, he still asks him about pickles, calls him pickles. There's always some sort of a dill pickle reference anytime they speak, oh. which, oh, just makes me so, so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really is just so Oh, good. And another thing that I don't think people realize is that it sounds like we were all over the world during a pandemic, which sounds a little, you know, questionable. The amount of thought that we put into doing different things and remaining safe and keeping ourselves safe and keeping each other safe, whether it's wearing our masks all the time, even when we were in the van driving places, making sure that we kind of stuck around the hotel. We would eat a lot of our meals either outside at a restaurant or we would get takeout and we'd all sit in the lobby of a hotel so we could eat together. It's kind of incredible that we were able to travel as much as we did, be in so many different places and still stay healthy. Amy, let me, let me just say this, and I'm so happy you bring that up because that's important to know. When we all knew that we were, this, this was going to be our life, we were going to have to you know, travel, we all took it upon ourselves to personally quarantine you know, in, our, in, our, in our private lives you know, so, that, so that we would not, you know, had, uh, everybody was trying, was being safe anyway. It's a self-quarantine for the pandemic. We were not any different than anybody else in the world, but we knew that we had to be extra careful. So, I mean, all of us, and, and, and we talked about it. I mean, all of us, and, there, and we still have, you know, jobs to do, but we all understood there's going to take an extra measure uh, on our part to be able to stay healthy, not only so that we could be able to be present and perform, but so that so our other people would stay healthy too. And you're 100% right. We took a lot of precautions, and rightfully so. We really did. 
And, you know, and, and thankfully, by the grace of God, we all got through this season very, very, you know, very, very well. And, and I think, it, I think it, we all felt the responsibility to do it because when the Titans said, we, you know, we want our radio to be live on the road, and then we knew that responsibility to be able to not only put together a show, but to be present you know, personally, so that it would be a good show. We took that upon ourselves. And uh, I, I mean, you know, you know me, I mean, Coach Mack in a normal world, I'm, I'm downtown and I'm, I'm among the people constantly, all the time. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just so happy to see y'all in these Hollywood squares right now. You know? <laughs> so to me, to me, that was, a big, that was a big part of it too. I want to circle back on something. You mentioned it, Coach Mack, Titans Radio was one of two teams in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints being the other, that were able to do all road games on the road, in person, to call the game, not virtually. And I'll say this. There was another thing that needs to be considered in terms of if the stars ever aligned in a pandemic, this was it. The schedule uh, allowed that to happen. And I'll give you a couple examples. We didn't have to play either of the Los Angeles teams. We would not have been able to do that. We would have had to have a self-quarantine upon arrival. Uh, and would not have even tried to do that game on site. Same thing with an, either of the New York teams. But I'll give you an example. If had had somebody that was on our schedule, had we played Baltimore a month earlier, we wouldn't have been able to do that because they still had restrictions on travel and a, I think, a 14-day quarantine if you were coming from out of state. So those things played in that favor heavily. Uh, we were very fortunate with the way the schedule worked out and that we could drive to two of them. We knew we could do Indy, but having Cincinnati – on there, there was another road game where we didn't have to fly and go through the other things. We could actually drive to the location. Yeah, and if the Denver thing taught us anything, it was that, you know, you could get to the door of, an, of an, a stadium and not make it in. And, and frankly, that kept me awake at night thinking about what if our broadcast team gets to the entrance and we get, you know, our temperature taken and somebody's popped a fever overnight and we can't get Mike Keith in the building to call the ball game, or we can't get, you know, what, whatever part of our broadcast. And then you're really having to adjust because none of us, none of us wanted to be patient zero for Titans radio. You know, like none of us wanted to be the one to walk in the booth and, you know, get Mike Keith or coach Mack or somebody sick. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about going from a situation where, you know, the listener listening to our broadcast really can't tell much of a difference, even though we've really had to change a lot of things to now there's a noticeable difference because there's a really uh, noticeable missing piece. So none of us wanted to be that. So we, we very much took it seriously, both at home and on the road. I mean, we, we had glass dividers at Nissan Stadium that we would put up between us. And, you know, when we would have guests come in the, in the room, we basically had like a, like a glass box for them to stand in so that they, and again, it wasn't so much that, you know, for us to feel comfortable, but if we had someone come in the booth that we've been standing in for four hours, we want them to feel comfortable because we're still trying to put on a good broadcast and, and tell as many stories as we can. And so when you, when you put that invite out to somebody, you want to make sure that when they come into your world, that you're being respectful and, you know, and caring of, of their health and well-being. Yep. Down to the way that we sat on planes, all of it was intentional and it was all to try and keep everybody safe so that we could continue on and finish out the season. There is a story that I feel like we need to address before we wrap this whole thing up. And that is the genesis of the Mary Tyler Moore video. 
That was oh. the thing that really just blew my mind how much of a response it got on social media. And I don't even feel like I should be the person to tell this story because mainly I was a prop in the whole thing. This was not my idea. So tell the story, guys, of how this video came to be. Well, let me just let me start with it. You know how much I like to tell <laughs> stories. Let me just let me just start with it and say this. It was brilliant. It was it was clearly you know, Mary Tyler Moore for all of our listeners that are a little young and don't know Mary Tyler Moore show. You know, she was a she was a she was a woman, a, a professional woman in Minnesota. So after we beat the Vikings, we're all feeling pretty good. And we're having to walk back to our car, which we have to walk about seven city blocks to get to our parking space. And so uh, it starts with Mike Keith and I saying, of course, I'm always trying to get Amy to do stuff. And I said, Amy, you need to be the Mary Tyler Moore. You need to Mary Tyler. And Amy went, what? And full disclosure, Amy's, Amy's always up. Amy's always up for a gig. And I said, she said, well, what? And then Brad Willis took it and ran with it. All right, take it off. Take it over, Brad. It had been a while since I'd seen Mary Tyler Moore show. But when Mike mentioned it, I thought, yeah, I remember I remember her kind of being in the city and kind of throwing the beret up in the air. So I pull out my phone, I go to YouTube, and I look at the Mary Tyler Moore open. And uh, after watching it, I'm like, yeah, we could shoot that. It wouldn't take, you know, 10 seconds. So we, um, so we have Amy kind of walk the sidewalk from – U.S. Bank Stadium, where you can see the bank, you know, the stadium in the background. She looks both ways before crossing the street. She's very responsible. And uh, as she as she comes over onto the sidewalk on our side of the street, has a twirl, takes off her Titans hat and throws it up in the air, just like Mary Tyler Moore. And so we shoot the video and then we get in the van and we start back towards the airport because that was one of the few games where we were able to, like, go directly to the airport after the game and catch a flight that night. And so we're, we're, we're driving along and putting it together and somebody mentioned like the Mary Tyler Moore logo at the end that has like a cat. And it's, you know, to me, it's like where the great ideas come from is just this fun collaborative process. <laughs> and somebody's like, wouldn't it be great if the cat like yelled sack? And I'm like, we could make the cat do that, you know? And so in the next thing, you know, I'm just in the back of the van by myself, just editing on my phone and putting together a little video. And, you know, it was one of those things that made me laugh. And we passed the, the, you know, the phone around the car and said, what do you think? And everybody got a good kick out of it. And so we shared it on social media. And to Amy's point, it really took off, uh, you know, even more so than I thought it would. And for the people who, uh, you know, stuck around to the end and, and got the little cat yelling sack in the voice of Mike Keith, uh, it was a nice little Easter egg for him. And uh, it was cool because at that point, the Titans were 3-0. and And uh, it was the start of what would end up being a, a really, really fun season. And that was the last game before the Titans having the first COVID outbreak in the National Football League, which was incredible and trying. And we might share a story on that. But that video, and that was one of the games I had to be back here at home base. But Amy, you saw what Mary Tyler Moore did. You nailed it 100%. Did you do that in one take? One take. One take. Okay, perfect. One take. And then – and then I knew when Brad had it in his hands, I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. And then you're right. There's at the end for everybody listening to the OGP that is not of the age that knows this, but if you've ever seen in the movies, it's the equivalent of the Metro Goldwyn Mayer lion that roars before and after the credits of a movie, which by the way, that lion was Leo the lion from the Memphis Zoo for many years, Hollywood famous. Anyway, 
So they made Mary Tyler Moore, and it's just a little kitten. Went, and then, so I waited for it, and then I heard, Sigh! I'm like, this is fantastic. I don't know what the length was on that video, but it's some of the best, however many seconds as that uh, was that you'll ever see on Titans Radio's Twitter feed. It was fantastic. I was thoroughly impressed, disappointed that I wasn't a part of it because I wasn't there, but man, did I enjoy it when I saw it. You were, you were there in spirit, Rick. That's right. That's right. And, and Brad's right. We, when he started doing that and he was editing it and doing it and he would give the different versions, we all laughed harder every version. That <laughs> it was it was it was beautiful. It was. And it really was kind of our last little nugget before we got to what the Titans coaches and players referred to as Hell Week when the Titans were going through that COVID outbreak and everything that happened. Seeing what was happening to the Titans in that time. Did you think that there was a chance that we would end up going back on the road, let alone finishing out the season? I'll go first on this. Uh, I, I think we everybody shares the same opinion of uh, an unprecedented year in 2020 where anything is possible, Murphy's Law style. I was like, okay, this, this has been fun. We've made it through a month of the season, uh, but this is where the rubber meets the road. And I'm like, I don't know how they do this. I don't know what they do. And, and just to go behind the curtain with what we were doing, you know, here we are, just like everybody else, waiting to see when do they have the successive days of negative tests. Oh, another player has come up, another coach or another personnel person. Uh, and, and I think it ended up being 16 days till they played again uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And that was, well, it's going to be a Saturday, next Saturday proposition, or it's going to be a Sunday night. No, it's a Monday night. No, it's a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, with a five o'clock kickoff, which was just unbelievable. You know, we've Titans radio is broadcasted on every day of the week, except for a Wednesday game, as Mac always brings up. Um, that was a nightmare for all of us because we were trying to figure out, you know, as you mentioned earlier in this OTP, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put together pregame. I'm trying to make sure everything's there. The new commercials are there, whatever. And we're like, when do we play? When do we play? And I was just so relieved that, um, you know, they finally got that game in. They beat the pants off of the Buffalo Bills, one of the better teams in the league on short notice, and then won another game five days later in this thing to start 5-0. and oh. And I think the other the part of it is just knowing the firestorm of criticism that other players and other folks and just people around the league, well, look at how stupid the Titans were. They've been careless this, that, and the other. And knowing the whole time, from talking to Coach Rabel and John Robinson during production meetings, this was just something that happened. It happened because it happened at the pandemic. It wasn't because people were stupid and careless and doing whatever. And, and finally, when that came out and other teams had their own issues with it, that kind of went away. And I was glad to see the Titans organization kind of restore themselves in that part of it. Cause it's like, look, don't be throwing stones at the glass house. You live in one too. And that's kind of what happened. Well, let me just say this, uh, for the, the coach in me, which it'll never leave. What they were able to do, those coaches and players, and pull through that, and 16 days with two walkthroughs and to beat Buffalo and then five days later win another one, that was a massive turning point in that season to me because then they knew they could do anything. And that was and, – and Rhett's 100% right. The Titans absolutely did nothing wrong with that. The, the only thing that happened was it was a pandemic. But the way the organization came through it, for them, for us, for all of it, couldn't have been prouder to have been a part of that. 
Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, and it might seem dramatic or even silly now that, you know, the entire season has been played and it was played on time and the Super Bowl was played on time. But I remember thinking in that moment, if this starts to happen all over the league, are we going to be able to finish this season? And that was, you know, a moment where, you know, when you're talking about the layoff that the Titans had to endure just to, you know, wait for no positive tests and then start to, you really started to wonder, like, if this starts to happen all over the league at the same time, then how do they do it? And you'd seen so many, you know, um, other sports just pack it up and have to abandon their entire plan. And you really kind of wondered in that moment, you know, where we headed down that path. And they did such a great job of just being flexible and, and being able to, to rework the schedule just enough to where, you know, you're able to push back the Pittsburgh game, go ahead and take your bye week a week early, you know, push the, the Buffalo game back to a Tuesday and, uh, and, and continue on. So impressive what the Titans were able to do because, as Coach Max said, that very easily could have derailed their entire season. Uh, you know, you come out with a couple games there where you falter because you're just not able to, to, to operate the way that you, you would like to, and your season could end in a, in a totally different fashion. For them to come out and just beat the brakes off of Buffalo and really kind of establish themselves as a, as a player uh, for the rest of the season uh, really set the stage for what was to come. Because, you know, when we, when we initially got the schedule, you know, we had no preseason. So when you talk about a broadcast, we had no real warm-up to our regular season. And then you're looking at the bye week, which was kind of in the middle after a long stretch of home games. Well, now the bye week is in week four. And you just really kind of wonder, like, you know, where does the football team need that bye week just to stay healthy? And Coach Mack can probably speak to that better than anybody. I mean, you've got to use that bye week. And if it's late in the year, sometimes it's a really good opportunity to get healed up and get a, a banged up football team geared up for the, you know, the playoff run. To have that bye week in week four, you know, really challenges you. And I really thought that the Titans as an organization did a great job of not just coming back off of the, the layoff, but really, you know, riding that all the way through the end of the season, because there's no doubt that by the, you know, by week 17, they were a beat up football team. And, and you know, to a large degree, because there, there were no breaks from week three all the way on till the end. Yeah, which is crazy to ask of players and coaches and also staff and everybody who's involved. It was quite the stretch. Guys, we could do this forever. We could really just sit and chat and remember the year that was. Um, it, it was such a wild ride. I'm going to let you go. But before I do, for every single person, I want to know, what are you the most proud of in the 2020 season and what Titans Radio was able to accomplish? You know, I, I, for me, it was the fact that the quality and the, the expectations were met at the highest level, regardless of what happened. That, that I, was, I was so very proud about. And the other thing, I mean, you really find out, you know, about the type of people you are surrounded with when you go through adversity. And <clears throat> I knew that I was with a great group of people before, but after everything that we went through and watching how every one of you uh, responded to the adversity and not one time did anybody ever bitch and said, I just can't do this. This is too much. That to me, I was so, I was so proud of that. That's, that's why I love being part of, of Titans radio. And that's why it was so, it was emotional for all of us talking about that party suite in Houston when they won that game and they were the AFC 
South champions, and we were going to host a home playoff game to think of everything that we had all gone through to get to that point. It was a great feeling. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and I'll add to that, that, you know, we didn't compromise, you know, our, uh, our level that we expected out of ourselves. Uh, and, and, and I felt like we met that challenge, but also, you know, to be one of only two teams, two broadcast teams in the league that was on site for every game and, and, and really doing that from, from a perspective of telling the best story that we can for the Titans radio listeners. I was really, really proud that when the season was over and we started asking around and, you know, how many other teams did this? I really thought that we'd end up with somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, eight to 10 or whatever to find out that it was just one out of each conference. And we were the, the only group out of the AFC. I was really proud of that. I was equally as proud of that, um, as stressful as it was at points in just trying to get through logistics. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't know that I want to go through it again, but if we have to, that's what we have to do. Um, and it's with, uh, I echo what, what both Brad and coach Max say about our group being together as long as we have and, and able to pick up and take slack and, and help, you know, their fellow broadcast partner out. I, my whole thing is I didn't want to, have any dip in the quality of what we do and I didn't want to let the rest of the crew down I, I'd hoped I'd done everything I could possibly prep wise to make sure that we could do this and I, I think I, I pulled that part off all the while as coach Max said we saw the Titans win their first division in a dozen years I got to see a second 2,000 yard rusher in franchise history and I'm currently peeling through the numbers of Derrick Henry in his first five seasons stacked up against uh, Hall of Famers and even the franchise greats and Earl Campbell today, George and, and Chris Johnson. It's an amazing what Derrick Henry did in 2020 with that offensive line and Arthur Smith's tutelage in that offense. And uh, to be a part of that, to watch that, very special. Well, this was this was a wild season, and I'm I'm so thankful that we were able to do what we were able to do and cover all of these games and tell all of these stories. Thank you guys so much for being here with me and reliving the magic, whether it be uh, sometimes stressful and sometimes hard, but always hilarious and a lot of fun. So thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. And thank you to the OT people who are listening to this episode. We appreciate you as well. Please stick around for a lot more OTP coming up this off season. We've got more stories to tell and we want you to be a part of them. So for Rep. Brian, Brad Willis, Coach Mac, I'm Amy Wells, and this has been the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.